welcome, welcome, wow, my first ever podcast. Thank you so much for giving this listen. My name is Georgia Ma and I'm your host for Chinese Chippy Girl. A little bit about me, I was brought up in a small town called Macclesfield, about 20 minutes south of Manchester in the UK. My parents owned a Chinese takeaway, which I worked there between the age of around 10 to 18 years old. I created this podcast to talk about my experiences being a BBC, British-born Chinese, to tell my side of the story of growing up in the UK. I want to connect with other British Asians who've had similar upbringing and to generally raise awareness of things that matter to us. But you don't have to be British or Asian to listen to this. I welcome all walks of life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes come out. And if you really want to help a sister out, please leave me a really nice review. You can also screenshot this and share it on social and tag me in Chinese Chippy Girl on Insta. I'd love for you to follow me if you don't already. And you can always message me on there or you can send me a good old fashioned email, ChineseChippyGirl at gmail.com. Now, let's get started. There's so many reasons why I wanted to start a podcast, just kind of talking about my experiences of being a BBC. I just feel there's quite a lot of us and there's just very little representation of people, um, you know, of other British Asians, uh, particularly with, you know, British born Chinese. I had a little bit of a Wikipedia search. There's 400 thousand Chinese people in England and Wales this is basically 0.7% of the population so it's not even 1% of population of Chinese people it's actually 0.7% hey yeah I actually thought there was like more of us but the really interesting thing about that is about 24% of that 400,000 people are British born. So that's about, you know, 96,000 people in England and Wales are British born Chinese. And I'm one of them. So I just feel quite unique. And it's kind of given me a bit of ammunition, or I don't know, kind of more, what's that word I'm looking for? more reason to be a voice to represent the British born Chinese people and also the British Asians Um, because I I really feel like you know we're really misrepresented I feel like there's a mixture of identities we're either British or we're Chinese you know why can't we just be both why can't we just be part of who we are why do we have to feel like we have to be either British or Chinese I'm sure we could definitely be both few people have asked me what my childhood was like in Macclesfield and it's such a weird question because I would love to say yeah it was great it was amazing but the reality was it was actually I don't know it was actually wasn't that great although I do really appreciate kind of you know working in the chip shop working with my family and I guess that's really you know shaped up who I am now I know it's quite a cliche thing to say but I actually do think it's really true um but just that teenage me I just feel like growing up in Macclesfield in a really white 
town, being the only Chinese kid in my high school until my brother joined two years later, I thought that was really tough. Um, and the fact that the where I lived, the takeaway my home above the takeaway and the school was just so close to each other so the kids who I'd see at school I would also see them hanging out in the you know you know where I lived as well so it's no getting away from them and I just felt you know um I just felt yeah just one word it's just tough it was just really tough childhood I guess um, I'd always get kind of picked on for being Chinese at school. Um, I'm sure a lot of Chinese people can relate, but there's that C word, which I really hate. So uh, I'm not going to say it just for now, just because I just really hate the word. But, you know, the C word that sounds like sink. Uh, yeah, I got called that like quite a lot. I don't know if it's daily, weekly. It was just more than just enough anyway. And yeah, I just felt... There was a lot of, in Chinese, there's a saying called kuai zai, kuai moi, which basically means like rude girl and rude boys. And there was just quite a lot of that. There's quite a lot of, um, you know, kids in my class, kids in my school, just kind of like calling me that C word. And it was just, and I guess just at the time, they knew they were saying it just to bully me and I knew they were saying it just to bully me, but I think kind of at the time, I really just brushed it off. Um, I didn't, I never fought it. Um, a few times I maybe cried about it, either on my own or just with like a few friends. But the annoying thing, I guess, was a lot of the time when I got called it or when people made mock of me for being Chinese, I guess I just, at the time I just laughed it off. I just really wanted to fit in I really wanted to be part of them um you know I, I just hated being bullied that way and I guess because I never really fought back maybe my friends just thought because I'm laughing about it or because I'm you know just going along with it maybe trying to present it wasn't a big deal maybe they thought it wasn't a big deal neither, which is something which I massively regret. And and I guess just with the whole coronavirus, it being originated from China, being Chinese, you know, a lot of kind of, you know, the Karens out there, um, you know, the Trump supporters and all that sort of thing. It's just given people permission or just... Yeah, I guess it's just kind of giving people permission to kind of stereotype Chinese people or any Asians to have this virus, which has really, really upset the, you know, the Asian, the Chinese community. And I guess for me, just because of my upbringing, my childhood, and because I never actually dealt with it at the time, it's just really bringing back all these memories from school and it's just really haunting me and I've had some really low days about it uh, and still you know I've never been able to deal with it and even now I've still not been able to deal with it and I guess one of the reasons why I've decided to create the Chinese Chippy Girl um, you know Instagram page and to create this podcast is to 
really it's to really kind of connect with people and to hope that people listening and people following me and seeing my posts on you know on Instagram that you know I can build that connection with them to make them feel that they're not alone and each person that comments on you know my Instagram posts or who likes it it makes me feel less isolated it makes me feel a lot more supported as well finding that support that's just outside of my circle outside of my family because I'm very close to my family Um, they all live in Edinburgh I have some cousins who live in Manchester as well and we're all British born Um, and yeah, I do have a small circle of British-born Chinese friends and also other British-Asian friends as well. We don't always talk, um, you know, we don't always talk about this, about racism. I just feel like it's a bit of a taboo subject. Um, but the people who I've really connected with on Instagram, it's just been so special. I don't have you know masses of followers, but the followers and the people who I have really connected with, they've really reassured me that you know that we're in this together and we're really here to you know uh to really fight our corner so when I was living in Macclesfield I lived with my mum my dad and we yeah we worked in a chippy I'm one of three kids I have a sister called Christina hi Christina if you're listening Uh, I have a sister called Christina and she's older Uh, so she's a bit of a golden child uh, in my family's eyes um She's married. She's married a man uh, called Chan, or we will call him Fade because it basically Fade translates to fat boy, which I know sounds really bad, but that's just his nickname, and it's what he's always been called ever since you know dot really and um you know even people outside of the, outside of our family his friends they all call him Fade and they have a chinese restaurant called the golden dragon in edinburgh bit of a shameless plug for them and uh, they've got you know three kids um dong dong chung chung and mimi so they're my niece and nephews and they're age 16 18 and 20 so they're much older um so obviously she married you know married into chinese so my mum and dad were absolutely loving it that was great about my brother we've you know, we're very, well, actually, my brother, my brother and sister and I, we're actually very close. Um, I guess when my sister, when she left high school, that's when I joined. And when I joined, yeah, I was like the only Chinese kid there until my brother joined two years later. Um, oh, yeah, I need to tell you about my brother. So my brother, Andy, he's two years younger than me. And uh, he's a doctor in Edinburgh. So he's this Chinese kind of you know, dream child. So my brother's really lived up to this um, Chinese, uh, this Chinese kind of expectation. And I don't know if anyone are familiar with the term middle child syndrome, but I have middle child syndrome massively. I felt, you know, I kind of struggled a little bit um you know when I was growing up um so I don't mean to give you this kind of sob story but I felt like I was a bit of a black sheep I felt you know my brother was the only boy in a family so he kind of got favored that way my sister was the eldest she married a Chinese man and you know he's really lived up to that expectation as well so yeah I think for me 
yeah, things were, it wasn't really that tough, but maybe I'm just being a bit of a middle child about life, really. I did actually go to a Chinese school, though, in Manchester, and that was basically on a Sunday. So every Sunday, there's this college that transforms itself into our Chinese school, um, where those people go. And I kind of did it for about a year. But at the time, it was, it just got, you know, a little bit too much for me, because I'd be at school Monday to Friday, I'd be working Monday to Friday in my Chinese chippy, I'd be working on a Saturday night, literally the last thing I want to do is go and learn some Chinese. I mean, it was good just to be around Chinese people, but, you know, when you're a kid, between the age of, like, 10 and also teenagers, like, it just wasn't really a fun thing. The other thing is I went to a Chinese church as well, I guess when I went there, it was less like a like a Chinese school. It just felt like more of a, a community. Oh, it was just such my comfort zone. I really enjoyed being there. Living in Macclesfield, where the Chinese population was so tiny, and then I didn't have to worry about people shouting any racist abuse to me or anything like that I just felt really at home every summer we'd have teens camp which is so good I remember like on the last days of the teens camp that we had I just felt really sad like I just had to go back to Macclesfield I had to go back and help my parents out the shop I'd have to absorb all this Chinese racist slurs at me and stuff and then yeah it just wasn't that great the other thing is that which made really made me feel at, at home whilst being at home in Macclesfield was every single Sunday we would go to a Chinese restaurant and we would have dim sum and that was just oh it's just so good like there'll be my family my cousin's family we would basically just We'd be, they'd put us on the biggest round table and our parents would just order everything for us. They would just order like, you know, Lorbat Gold, uh, Sulong Bao, Hagao, Tasu Cho, you know, all these like really nice dim sums. Oh God, you know what? I really, oh, I could just murder them right now, actually. I stayed in Macclesfield until I went to uni in... In Edinburgh, I went to a uni called Queen Margaret University College. Um, I stayed in Edinburgh um, for seven years and I really enjoyed my time in Edinburgh. Because my sister was there, it was really nice to be with her because at least I was a family member. Yeah, I think Edinburgh, it was much better than being in Macclesfield. It's a lot more kind of multicultural, um, but at my time in Edinburgh, for the first three years, I was of uni I worked part-time at my sister's restaurant Chinese restaurant of course what else were you thinking so I worked there part-time but anyway just fast forward quite a few uh, years I then moved to London and I've been in London for about 13 years now which I really love Um, a tiny bit more about me for anyone that's interested Um, I've been with my partner Ewan Um, he's white he's actually Scottish Uh, we've been together for 10 years which is like crazy absolutely crazy and we have a a little girl she's Sadie so obviously she's a mixed race and yeah, and I th- Sadie, she just, she'll never, she won't know this now. She's really inspired me to do this podcast because 
just thinking about my childhood back in Macclesfield where I didn't know how to stand up to myself. I didn't know how to fight back to all the all the bullies and, um, you know, to all the racism and what's going on. At the time, I thought that silence was the solution. I remember I'd, I'd had a... I remember the, the amounts of times I'd been, you know, had racist comments to me at school. And I remember, and even at the, you know, at the chippy as well, I'd have all the school kids say that to me, you know, and I remember feeling really low and speak to my mum and dad about it. Now, I know my mum and dad, you know, they really love me and, you know, they've given us, they've really protected us. But, and I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but whenever I felt low about racism, I felt they never encouraged me to kind of speak out about it. They would, they'd always say to me like, oh, just ignore them. And they've been brought up wrong um, and they're, they're bad. They're in the wrong. They shouldn't be saying all that to you. Um, and yeah, you just got to ignore it. And I don't know, I just felt they never really said to me, to tell the teacher because I think they just wanted to avoid this confrontation that I was being bullied but I guess now that I'm a mum and Sadie's mixed race um, and although we live in London there still is some sort of you know there still is racism in London there's racism all over the world actually Um, but I would really hate for one day if Sadie ever comes across any racist comments I would really want her to fight back I'd really want her to shut that person down and just to do something about it I would hate it if she'd if she was so silent about it I think it would just really scar her because and I guess it's kind of like scarred me a little bit I still don't really know how to deal with racism London is quite it's very multicultural. It's one of the most multicultural cities, you know, in the UK, which is one of the reasons why I'm here and it's one of the reasons why I'd like to be here for longer. But saying that, it does go on. I was reading this article a couple of weeks ago. There was a guy in Islington. Islington is in North London and it's quite an affluent area, a part of London as well. And an Asian guy, he's from Thailand, so he's not even Chinese, he's Thai, he took his dog out for a walk at 10 o'clock at night, so it wasn't even late or anything. And then uh, a white guy approached him, and he saw the white guy approaching him, and he thought maybe this guy was just trying to ask for directions or something. But in actual fact, he was just shouting loads of racist things about the coronavirus and then the next thing you know this white guy just punched this Thai guy uh, and I just think and it just brought it even closer to home that this was happening in the city that I'm living in it it happened and I'm just thinking god that could just happen to me that could happen to me and Sadie just kind of walking downtown and although people Although people haven't said anything to us, I don't know if they're thinking of it. I don't know whether people see me walking down the street and whether they deliberately walk across the street because I'm Chinese and I might think I've got the coronavirus or something. So 
bit of a sad topic, but it's it's reality. And that's what a lot of Asians, particularly East Asians, are facing right now. Anyway, so I just want to bring this back to the kind of introduction of the BBC, British-born Chinese, uh, of who I am and uh, the highs and lows of being a BBC. So let's talk about the lows. Um, I mean, I've mentioned it so many times in this podcast, uh, in this episode, because I've only done one episode, but it's a racism. It's terrible. It's awful. It is like the worst. Being called that C word is just, oh, it's just terrible i can't i still can't even bring myself to say the word um it makes me feel really uncomfortable talking about it um, i know there are other people say it and i don't have a problem with that when they're when other asians are saying it just to refer to what the word is but yeah it's i, I find it difficult to actually say that word actually so yeah the racism that comes with it i mean i'm british i'm i was born here i was born in macclesfield i have British birth certificate I have a British passport I'm British I'm just like any other white British person here or black British person here Britain is my home um so yeah with all the racism comes being a BBC yeah it really does suck the second thing about the lows of being a BBC is there's one thing that I've been trying to educate myself and it it's called a model minority myth. And what that is, is the way how people have portrayed Chinese people, like Asian Americans, British Asians. It's just like so many stereotypes is the girls are skinny, uh, they're very studious, they're very smart, they don't confront uh, and all these sorts of things you know they do good in maths they're high achievers they work really hard and yeah I tick some of those boxes but other white people do and some other black people do as well but I guess from a BBC point of view I really hate this model minority because it puts added pressure on for me to be myself so I went to uni at Queen Margaret University in Edinburgh but I really 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 didn't want to go to uni I felt like I was pushed to kind of go into uni because I really didn't want to upset my parents but it's more like my dad we have quite a big family from my dad's side the ones older than me they all have been to uni and oh there's no way I could have broken that chain there's no way I could have said turn around to my mum and dad says oh I'm not going to go to uni so I felt like I had to go and I just felt like all Chinese people just kind of went to uni it's a crazy thing but just at the time that's what I thought and and I think the other thing was as well I've I'm quite bubbly I'm quite social and again I think when I was growing up I was taught not taught that's the wrong word I my bubbliness that came out it was kind of like wow you're really loud for a Chinese person you know for a Chinese girl so again it's just building that model minority that was that the Chinese girls would be quite quiet quite timid quite submissive as well and that's just totally not like me so the model minority myth is a bit of a ball ache for me really the third low of being a BBC, I guess it's just kind of the identity confusion. 
it kind of stems off from the the other loads that the racism and the model minority myth but I guess the the identity of you know am I Chinese am I British and it's like there's one time when actually no it's not not just one time there's a few times when I'd be bullied or you know I'd have Chinese racist comments shouted at me when I was a kid and I remember there's so many times I'd be I'd look in the mirror and I would really hate being Chinese now that I'm older I love being Chinese and I love who I am but when I was 10 8 15 I just really hated it and I always had to ask myself why I'm Chinese why I've got a flat nose why I've got dark hair all these other things you know and and a bit, I guess because of that, it made me really confused. It really confused my identity and it made me really not want to be Chinese. I wanted to be white. I, want, just, I basically just wanted to fit in uh, with all my school friends. And the other thing is with the identity is having parents that are Chinese, they were born in China, raised in Hong Kong. They came to the UK when they were teenagers and just having that expectation that they wanted me to be have that you know Chinese heritage really embedded in me when I went to school in the UK I'm British and it just really confused things just the really small things like you know I'll probably go to school friends um, house for dinner or something um, and I'd seen my the way how my friends interacted with their mums, like, you know, with their parents and hug them and they'd kiss each other goodnight and tell each other that, you know, that they love each other. You know, my mum and dad, I just didn't really have that relationship with them. But that identity where if I said to my mum, mum, I love you, when I was a kid, she would just be like, what are you want about? And it's just that, just a lot of things, just that the cultural identity and just having to, to merge this British and Chinese culture really wasn't easy. Now, some of the highs of being a BBC... Number one, we're quite unique. As I was saying earlier, 400,000 Chinese people are in the UK, what England and Wales. 96,000 of us were born here. And yeah, it's unique. We have a Chinese face. We're British. And even though when I was younger, I didn't really think much of it. But now I'm so proud that I have this Chinese heritage where my parents and grandparents, when they came here, they really sacrificed their lives so the next generation like me would never need to. Oh, I, would, I wish I had so much more time to kind of go through how my grandparents came here. Maybe I'll have to, you know what, I'm going to leave that for another podcast, which makes me think I'll have to really start planning this. Number two, being British-born Chinese, for me anyway, is just, the language side of things. I'm very fortunate that I can speak Cantonese, although it's quite broken. For me, it's quite a good skill set. I know a lot of BBCs that are born here and they can't really speak 
Chinese, but they still understand it. And I still think, even though they can't speak and understand it, I, th- I still think it's a really good skill. I think that's really good, just kind of being bilingual. You know, it's good in my CV. Although I can't speak Mandarin, which I know that is like the most popular Chinese dialect and Cantonese isn't as popular. Um, but it just means, you know, whenever I go to Hong Kong, at least I can speak my mother tongue. Um, oh, a little fun fact, actually. I couldn't speak English until I was about four or five. Uh, my mum and dad, their English is quite broken as well. Um, so as growing up, we'd always speak Chinese at home. And it wasn't until I went to nursery that I learned, well, to school really, that I learned how to speak English. I remember, and this is such a weird memory, but I remember I said to my teacher, which basically means I need a way. And because I didn't know how to say it in English and they didn't understand what I was saying. Uh, and then the next thing I knew, I just basically weed myself on my teacher's shoes. <sighs> anyway, the other highs of being a BBC, having Chinese parents is they really introduced me to all this amazing food. <gasps> and like, you know, all the dim sum. Oh, it's like totally my favourite food ever. And and just like the Chinese cooking as well, like all the Chinese food that you see in the takeaways, that is like fake Chinese food, authentic Chinese food, food that my dad cooked for us, sitting around the table, sharing food, using a small bowl with fluffy rice made in a cooker. It's just, that's food. So steamed fish, stir-fried really fresh vegetables tasu which is like honey roast pork oh all that just makes me just really want to eat right now I went on a uh when I was younger I went on a school trip and my mum and dad they will make me like a packed lunch but I remember and I still feel awful to this day and this happened quite a few times they made me tasu tasu tao dan on a on you know like a Chinese chippy bap so it's basically like a fried egg with a honey roast pork um you know they fried it all together and put it into like a, a bap or a balm cake or a bun all the other kids at school they would have like egg mayonnaise sandwiches chicken sandwich crisps and stuff and then I just felt so embarrassed that my mum and dad made me this tasu tao dan on a balm and I just felt so embarrassed and then and then I just threw it in a bin and I went a whole day and this, on these school trips just not really eating. And I feel really, I just feel so embarrassed that I did that. At the time I was really embarrassed that I had it because kids at school would be like, ooh, what are you eating? Ooh, what's that smell? Ooh, what's that red thing? Ooh, why is the egg like that? And then my mum and dad, they'd pull it into like, uh, a paper a, a paper bag which was what we'd use in our chip shop but other people had like plastic polythene bags or it's wrapped in foil so again just small touches like that just it just made such a difference and the kids just really questioned it so I feel like I went on a bit of a tangent there but yes going back I wouldn't care if my mum and dad or anyone just like you know made me tatu tao down on bread because it's like one of the best lunches ever and I feed it not tatu because I can't make it but I feed scrambled egg on the bread to my little girl and she absolutely loves it 
So it's coming to the end of uh, episode one now. I really, really, really hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. I really hope, you know, for any non-British Asians out there that it's giving you like a little bit of insight of what it's like, for me anyway, what it's like growing up, you know, as a British-born Chinese really or British-born Asian. And it hasn't really been that easy. It's still not been, it's still not that easy um, a lot of racism going on now associating the coronavirus with all Chinese people and all Asians. Um, but are there any other British-born Chinese people out there? Any other BBCs? Any British Asians? Are there any American Asians out there that has listened to this podcast? And can you relate to this? I'm so curious to know. I really want to be able to connect with more people. Like I said earlier on, I have felt quite isolated and if there's any other people who feel the same as me, please drop me a message on Chinese Chippy Girl on Instagram. I'd really love to hear from you. If there's any topics which you'd like me to cover in future podcasts as well, please let me know. I'd like to also give a really big shout out to Viv from um, her podcast but where are you from because she's actually really really inspired me to do this I've been following her I'm literally a massive fangirl of Fifth, so thank you so much the first podcast I listened to from a BBC host they're called Respect the Mic so yeah Respect the Mic if you're listening thank you so much for really inspiring me oh and how can I forget if any of you like a bit of comedy you have to listen to Rice to Meet You. It's hosted by two comedians, Evelyn Mock and Nigel Ung. These comedians are absolutely hilarious and I am literally obsessed with them. They basically take the mickey out of Asian things that we can really relate to, such as an Asian auntie and uncle who answer the phone on loudspeaker. Um, but most recently, Nigel Ung has created a character called Uncle Wadger. <laughs> He was literally just gone viral after he reviewed a BBC Good Food video demo on someone making egg fried rice and he totally criticised it but in such a really ridiculously funny way. That egg fried rice video went so viral, even CNN picked it up. And really, weirdly, my mum, she's on this WhatsApp, no, no, not WhatsApp, sorry, she's on a WeChat uh, with a few people. And even Uncle Roger's um, egg fried rice video demo was also on her WeChat as well. So hilarious. So, my honeys, we've come to the end of this first episode of Chinese Chippy Girl. Wow. You don't know this, but it's actually a really big milestone for me. And I really want to thank you for giving this episode a try. If you like it, please help a sister out by telling your friends about this podcast. Take a picture, put it up on social and tag me in Chinese Chippy Girl. On whichever platform you're listening to this, please subscribe purely because it would just really make my day. But for you guys, you'll be the first to know when new episodes are out. You can also email me, ChineseChippyGirl at gmail.com. I'll be planning more of these podcasts, so if there's any topics that you'd like me to cover, please let me know and I'll try my absolute best to chat about it next time. But in the meantime, stay safe, send cute little gifts to your family and friends as it will really make them smile. 
and drink bubble tea. Okay, see you soon, lah.